multiple disciplines at once here this morning. I'm going to do my uh, anchor podcast at the same time as I'm going to do my live podcast. And I'm going to try to keep it interesting like I always do. So starting with a little bit of music, a song that I wrote, but I'm not going to sing you this morning because I haven't warmed up my vocal cords, but it goes like this. Anyways, there's a little bit of lyrics to that, and I'm not sitting in my most professional gear this morning, so I do have to apologize, but it's a Sunday morning, and I uh, have some ideas, I'm caffeinated, this is when I do my best work, and I'm going to make sure that I get nice and professional for you, so a little bit of a strip show is going to happen this morning, and I know if you're listening on my podcast, you're not going to know what the hell's going on, you're just going to hear a bunch of shuffling, but right now I am throwing my hoodie off to the side and I'm sitting in a t-shirt and I'm about to change that up and you can see my bald head but you can't see the rest of me for a second on my screen as I put on my professional gear oh maybe you did see a little bit more than you wanted to see there so now you see my pretty guitars on the wall And I'm getting close. I'm almost ready to be professional here, folks. And I've got to talk today about profitability, one of the P's in investing. But it's actually um, a blog that I was inspired by my own investment style is buying what you know and understanding valuations. But mostly when we do a lot of valuations nowadays, we tend to look, you have to look at something from the past. You have to say, is this idea working? Is it paying off? And so there, I have changed and I now look professional for my podcasts, my bod, my life, Facebook. Um, anyways, what I want to talk about today. Here we go. Is it better to buy a dental clinic or to start something new? And I always start with a saying and I say, Selling is not pushy, winner takes all, kind of a macho act. It's an empathy-led, process-driven, and knowledge-intensive discipline. So selling is an empathy-led, process-driven, and knowledge-intensive discipline. If you're a dentist and you're talking about treatment plans to a patient, you're selling the patient on the idea of something that is good for them. You're saying that... I understand what your problem is. It's empathy led and I have a process to get to that end result and I have the knowledge and the skill to do that. So it's a knowledge intensive discipline because at the end of the day, people buy from people. We need to hear that story in order to understand what we're getting. So I watch a show called The Prophet and Marcus, uh, the prophet Lamonis is also a very well-known entrepreneur. I don't know if you Google him, you'll understand. The guy's worth about $300 million. He owns multiple businesses and he tends to go into businesses that are suffering and then applies his own uh, principles. And his principles for buying, his strategy is always people 
product and process. So he makes sure that if he's going to buy a business, that the right people are in place. So I'm gonna apply all of this to dentistry. So the right people would be the owner, the team that works there, and that they have a good product, that they've been providing a good service to the, the patients, to the customers for years, that keeps bringing them back and offers that referral base, gives people talk about them in a good way. So they've got a good people and a good product. And last and most important in the part that brings other entrepreneurs into our business is the process. So that would be for me what I would call time factors, understanding that, that you not only have to have the really good people and the really good product, but you have to have the process. And if any of those three principles are missing, another P, then you will not have profit because if you're missing the good people, the product and the process don't matter because people buy from people and they want to make sure that they're getting what they're paying for, especially in our business. But I want to add a fourth P to this. I think it's very important when I invest, I need to see potential. So not only the good people with a good product and a good process, I want to make sure that it's not something from the past, which we tend to look at as evaluators and people that are looking at what did they do so far? And I want to say, are you going to be able to do that in the future? Can you provide that same service going forward that you used to? And is it valid? And is it going to be valid in the future? It has to have potential. So you think about what I've invested in over the last you know, decade or so that's got me 15% annual returns. I bought into Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, because it wasn't just what they were doing in the past that I liked so much. It wasn't just the people who were running the company with the great process that they had put into place to bring their product to market. It's also the potential of that product. So you think of these Famous investors that do, there are some famous value investors and they buy what they know, which is another important component in our investment journey, buying what you know, but also applying what you know to what's going to happen in the future. So I, in my, uh, on my dentistry unplugged, I talked about being a thinker and, and I want to, this is some random thoughts and they come out in different times, but what is our, why does our profession only allow marketing that would have the public believe that all dentists are the same. Why do we have to have this idea that as a patient and the general perception for the public that if I want to get orthodontics, I have to go to orthodontist because all orthodontists provide the same treatment. And you know what's changing our business? Are these people that think outside the box. It wasn't a dentist who came up with Invisalign, by the way. It was a patient that was going to school and had wire and thought, I hate this process. Why can't they make it easier? Why do I have to be this big geeky mouthful of wire that hurts my lips and always cuts me? Isn't there a better way? And they designed an invisible aligner system. And you can find that in my podcast and in my blog, actually, the history or just Google the history of Invisalign's made somebody very rich who's no longer involved in the company, actually. But they raised some public money to bring that forward. And it wasn't our profession that developed that product. It was by the customer, the consumer. And the consumer idea of the idea of having a same day crown is getting popular and same day appliance is getting popular because of patients demand. It's the customers who told the stores that can't you deliver that to my house? 
in the same day or the next day for a much more competitive price. That's where Amazon started up. Can't you come and pick me up uh, using my phone and I know I'm gonna get picked up in five minutes and I know before the ride starts exactly how much it's gonna cost and that driver who's taking me to that place is a five-star rated uh, driver with many years of experience and thousands of rides under his belt. Isn't there a consumer component to what we do in dentistry? Or do we have to always, like my last um, blog or on dentistry to uh, unplug, is it something we pay too much attention trying to protect the way that we've always done business? Or do we think of the potential? Do we ask our patients or our customers, like I'm asking you, what you want and try to develop product? Or better yet, come up with an idea and teach people that this is the way it could be better. So I get off track from my, uh, my written notes here and I'm gonna go back to my written notes, but I wanna talk about the people that do the evaluations. I've been doing this for 36 years now and I wanna talk about the people who do these valuations and how we have done this in the past. We always seem to look at what has happened previously. So the people who buy clinics and evaluate clinics tell you that all dental clinics are the same. And for many years, we go to courses uh, in another state or another province and we listen to some guy who works in that area and has experience selling clinics in that area and says, this is how that should work. Or I, I do, uh, I'm a consultant across uh, the nation and I tell people that their overhead should be X, Y, and Z because it is in my area and all the people I've worked with. Instead of looking at, take the ego out of it and say, what happens in different areas for different reasons? Not all businesses are the same, and this is a business. There's variety of reasons that you can get a different valuation for the same clinics. I have been involved in hundreds of evaluations and I've reviewed valuations, and sometimes you just don't know unless you step into that clinic exactly what's going on. Just like Marcus Lemonis goes into businesses that have paperwork and they look horrible and they're failing, but he will buy and give them a very decent amount of money for businesses that are not making money. And yet at the same time, businesses that look really good, that the potential looks awesome, he steps in and realizes this is not for me because he sees that the potential is a downfall. The people are wrong. The process is wrong. Or, or you can go the other way and you can say that I have the right people, I have the right product, but I need to fix the process. And if I fix that process, I can actually make this into a profitable business. That is the fourth P that we tend to miss in evaluating, potential. And you can only know that by getting the actual story. So I think we're evolving and you can call me a crazy opinion that I don't think all businesses are the same and I don't think all dental clinics are the same. Call me crazy. And despite the way that we have to market because of the college tells us so, I happen to know that the majority of people that I go and visit don't like being lumped in with the neighbor next door being told that they're all the same. That they feel that that extra education that they go to every week in the $50,000 a year that they spend and invest in their own clinics on new techniques and providing different services makes them different and that they should have the ability to tell people so. I am a crazy 
MFR that believes that some clinics have much more potential than the ones that have high EBITDA because I've been involved in clinics that have high EBITDA that still don't have a rotary endosystem in them or still develop their x-rays or still use impression material and that goopy shit in people's mouths. I've been in those clinics that refuse to change. You have 25-year-old clinic uh, equipment, but well-trained. They have a good people. They have a pretty good product, but it's not current and the potential sucks. And even though the EBITDA and the numbers look good, it does not mean that it's going to be good for the new owner or investor. It's a Marcus Lemonis walk away moment. So if you want to sit on that TV show and be that famous investor or that smart guy that decided that he made an investment, make sure to look at the fourth P, the potential of what you're investing in. Learn to recognize this if you want to sit in that dragon's den or shark tank, that multiples of profit and gross income to business are important. You need to understand that, but you need to understand the potential. When you're writing down your notes, look at all the numbers, do your evaluations, and then think, okay, if I take these numbers now and I insert myself into this formula and I provide this as a process and the outcome, what are those numbers able to be? That's what I look at when I evaluate clinics. It's, I want you to add that and challenge yourself. Look at potential. The team that's built around these businesses are experienced, but are, here's some things to think about when you're looking at EBITDA. Number one, and this is why DSOs get involved, because they say, look, you've got a good formula, you're making profit, and we're just gonna pay you seven times the profit, because that's all we can do is take what's left over. So number one, how much profit are you gonna allow us, and are you gonna be on the hook for it if um, we decide to buy you? So if you're promising us, you're telling us the last three years you made 100 grand of profit every year, so we're gonna pay you $700,000 for that profit and you're gonna guarantee it because you're gonna sign a contract saying that you're gonna stick around and that we're gonna make that. Anything above and beyond that, we're willing to split it with you or share it to a certain percentage, but we're going to wait this contract that you deliver those results because you're going to work for us in order to make sure that that comes. And if those results are not met, it comes out of your end. We will not take that risk. We are gonna take the risk that your health could fail, something else could go wrong. We're gonna take over the clinic and, and add anything that we need to with team members and all the things that you don't like to deal with, but you're gonna guarantee your profit. That is how you can buy a business with guarantees from the current owner. Or if you're gonna step into those shoes, you can also look at the potential and say, that's how you used to do things, and I'm gonna keep you around so that we can maintain that profit, but I want to insert myself and we're gonna try some things that are gonna to add to the process and add to the bottom line. And you can give a multiple on those potential earnings if you have the vision. You can do a Marcus Lemonis, uh, a company that's failing or not making the full potential profit by changing some of the process and modernizing it if you can see the potential. So why do things change? Someone 
out there is taking the time to educate people on things that they didn't know that they wanted. So you go into a neighborhood that has never experienced hamburgers and you bring them hamburgers and you teach them to like hamburgers. It's a dumb, maybe that's not the right thing, but I want you to be thinking about what the potential is and how to use your mind to go forward and how to recognize opportunities. Entrepreneurs are the reason that this world keeps moving forward. And if we keep buying businesses based on what happened in performance from yesterday without adding some visionary skills about what the potential is and what we can do better, those businesses are bound to fail. And it's a, a, a really good article in Bloomberg a few weeks ago about private equity investors. And they tend to buy based on previous results. They do buy on EBITDA because they're looking only at the profits that are available for them for a certain amount of time. They're going to pay a certain multiple of that, but they are not directly involved a lot of times in the day-to-day -day business other than trying to gain bigger multiples, like shave this off the bottom line. And me, to me, some of the failures of that is not visionary to be buying businesses the way that they were. It's visionary to think about how we can improve them and make them better, not from cutting the bottom line, but by going back to my first thing, thinking about how people buy from people, how can we make it better and improve it for more people to come in the door and want to get that product because the product is better, like an Invisalign. Invisalign is not cheaper than direct wire, it just saves process and it gives the end user a better product potentially. So the dental office of tomorrow, it's important to buy a business that does have good numbers because if you are going to go out and start up brand new, it's going to take you a while before you can deliver your message to the general public. But it's in, so it's, if you want to walk in and at least break even kind of from day one and make your payments and, and you have a really good base of people to work with, that's why you're going to pay a multiple of earnings. But remembering to recognize the potential is there so that you're not buying something with good EBITDA with people who aren't going to accept your ideals and norms because they came to that place because of the, the product that was developed before was actually that doctor who provided the service and that is the product. They only like how he thinks. They only want that treatment plan that that guy had to offer. And the team that's been built around him, are they going to stick around and continue to add value or were they just along for the ride and it's just a matter of they've settled in? Did they have growth? Did they stay current? Is there that fourth P, is there potential? So I think the office of tomorrow, I'm getting to be long-winded and what I wanna talk about is the office of tomorrow and the important thing is to think, where are we going? I can tell you, it's so obvious. We've been doing CAD CAM dentistry for over 20 years. It's not something new, but 3D printing has been out for a few years in other industries and it's revolutionizing how we do things. Automakers can now print full 3D vehicles and there are people printing houses. There are people printing all kinds of parts. You can buy a 3D printer at home and duplicate a part that you need or you can scan or take a picture, in other words, of something that you need that's complicated and replicate it with 3D printing. And 3D printing is going to a new level with uh, this new technology that a company like Carbon has provided in the way that they get results fast. 
In other words, you could print appliances for your patient in office the same day. You could print 3D aligners that patients are asking for by sending the scan away for the treatment plan so that it's done professionally and then bringing it back to your office and actually printing the aligners. Where are we going in the future? The future lies in 3D and it's a matter of bringing it to the patients. Who's going to see the potential in those clinics with the right patient base, with the right team members that's going to bring this to the next level? So when you buy business, think about not only the people and the product and the process, but the potential. Thank you for paying attention to my podcast and blog today. I am going to sign out.